1: Oh my God, this is going to be painful. Hello listeners, this is not Mariella Frostrup podcasting to you. Um, it's actually me, it's Chris Sweeney, but I seem to have lost my voice. I don't know why. Has it got anything to do with the fact that I went to Mary's Pop in Adelaide's premier gay venue last night? Maybe it does. Um, maybe I had a cigarette on the balcony. Maybe I had three Um, because as I've been here in Adelaide, I appear to have regressed to a teenager, so um, I do naughty things like that. And I am dealing with the consequences now, so I do apologise for the croaky throat. I wonder if it's going to be an enjoyable experience for you to listen to this. I mean, Mariella Frostrop's done all right, hasn't she? So, you know, maybe this is a new thing for me. Um, Big news this week cue violins. I'm packing up my apartment. My time in Adelaide is coming to an end, and my lovely little apartment, which I have been calling home for six, nearly six months. I'm on the move. I'm upping sticks, as they say. So I'm just going through everything in this apartment flat, um, including the like fourteen books that I bought and never read. And trying to work out who wants what, because I'm leaving, but a lot of the people I'm working with on the TV show, which I'm doing, which is called The Tourist, uh, which has had a whole thing, loads of stuff released about it this week. So um, it's starring amazing people like Jamie Dornan, Shalom Broome Franklin from Line of Duty and danielle mcdonald from loads of amazing films but particularly was amazing in a film called patty cakes and it's a really funny thriller and yeah it's going to be coming to y'all all y'all all it's going to be coming to you i don't know when but um it's for the bbc and it's for HBO max and um it's going to be really funny very thrilling very good um so, they're all staying out uh, while I am coming home because I am only directing the first three episodes. So, everybody is squabbling over who gets the stuff that I'm leaving behind because, as you may recall, listeners, those eager eared ones that I actually made some pottery while I'm here. So, I'm looking at one of the pots I made. Um, maybe I should do a, like a yard sale, have a like, sort of bidding situation. Um, so, I've got all my pots. I bought loads of vases, I bought baskets, I went to Ikea and I bought a rug in a fit of peak, which I think, even for me, was overkill, Um, and I bought loads of lamps to try and make the lighting nice, and I've got all this stuff and I don't know what to do with it. I bought a radio, never turned it on. So that's what's happening today in the Sweeney household. Also going to be very sad to say goodbye to my Bunnings hat. Now, the Bunnings hat is a bit of an institution in Australia. Bunnings is like a DIY hardware store. Obviously, I spent loads of time in there because I love DIY stores. And they do these straw hats that are, I think they're $5. And they're big straw hats. And you need them here to protect you from the sun because the sun is so harsh. And they've sort of become this weird, like, celebrity thing that lots of, like, big celebrities wear them. Um, Anyway, very sweetly, when I arrived, they all bought me one. Not because I'm a celebrity, but because I needed a hat. So that's been on my head for weeks, for months. I'm going to have to leave that behind. I suppose I could take it with me, but it's so big. I don't know how I'd get it into the suitcase. Also slightly concerned about packing because packing, dear listener, is not my strong suit. I am pretty unequivocally terrible at it. William, my husband, the man is a genius at packing. It's like watching a sort of sushi chef put together some beautiful sushi, whereas I'm like, get the biggest bag, get a pile and sort of jump up and down on the pile until it's in the bag. So I actually can feel him coming out in hives as I say these words because he would be so disappointed with... I'm just going to put on some aftershave. Um, do you know what I was doing while I was in lockdown? Sorry, I'm just walking around the room. Um, during lockdown, when we weren't allowed out of the house, what I used to do is I would put aftershave on in the evenings. I never normally wear aftershave, but I'd put it on in the evenings to try and feel a little bit different. So I felt like I'd, something had changed, otherwise it got a bit boring being stuck in the house, and I've sort of gotten into it now. The one I'm wearing is Aesop Huel, H-W-Y-L, which sounds Welsh, don't think it is. But yeah, the rug, I'm looking at this rug going, what do I do? Maybe I could leave it here. I've also got a beautiful green plant, green plant. Can you you tell I'm a gardener, horticulturalist, that my husband didn't post me, sorry, he bought for me here and they delivered it. And... I sort of want that to go to a good home, particularly considering it hasn't been very well looked after by me. I have tried to look after it, but if I'm honest, I think social services should have probably intervened at some point because it's just always they always have brown edges around the leaves. But I think it needed more light or maybe it needed less light, or maybe more water. I never know. Also bought a lot of wet weather gear. The thing about Australia is you have to have on you clothes for extreme cold extreme rain extreme heat all on your person at any given time if you're here for a long time because you're sort of moving between the seasons The thing i will most miss about australia i have to say it's the food the food has been so amazing everywhere you go there's a place called sunny shop and mr chan in um adelaide where i am and i will dream of their roasted cauliflower that they make. It's just so good. I'll also miss the sunshine, the light, as everybody talks about the light here. It's kind of amazing light, and I will miss all the people. We have become such a merry gang here. It's been such a delight to sort of be welcomed into a family the whole time I've been here, and everybody who works together here has known each other for years, and it's just really nice to be sort of slotted in and welcomed in. Um, Well, someone at the door, one second... huge orange juice to try and lubricate my um better finish that sentence quickly lubricate the uh throat and a large cappuccino to lubricate the mind how's about i do this properly and i remind you what homo sapiens extra is homo sapiens extra is where we read your emails and your feedback we do Topic of the Week, where we discuss a topic that is pertinent to the LGBTQ plus community. This week, we're talking about LGBTQ plus employment. Fascinating emails you've all been sending in. So thank you for that. Fascinating voice notes. We'll be getting into that in a bit. We also do a bit of good queer news. And we do Culture Club, where we talk about what you guys have been reading, what you guys have been eating, what you guys have been cooking, what you've been watching. I then go and buy all the things that you recommend then fail to read them that's not true though i have i did i do um i do get around to reading some stuff i've been busy all right now what did you all think of our interview with paris lees last week love paris and you know i was talking about whether she was feels that she's an activist or not opened the guardian saw a headline saying i get so annoyed when people introduce me as a trans activist so i'm pleased we asked her about that because she wants to be considered a writer not that she wants to be considered she is a writer Now, I had a very interesting email this week from one of our listeners. Michelle has been in touch. She wrote me an email about body image. I am a long-time listener and slowly making my way through the episodes. I must listen to everything in order, so I'm very late to contribute to this one. I am halfway through the body image episode and I have never felt so compelled to write to you. Brilliant. You have just said there are two types in the community, those gay men who ascribe to hyper-masculine with the six-pack, etc., and the new younger queer on the gender spectrum where you can mix genders. Therefore, I was wondering if between these two types you have ever met a lesbian over the age of 25? I am sorry, but there is so much body positivity that exists within the cis-lesbian community that has been around for years, that doesn't involve jumping around the gender spectrum. I like your show for what it is, and I know it can't be everything to everyone, but there is a strong trend within this show to ignore cis lesbians and write us out of the LGBT plus conversation, which I think can be dangerous. So much of your show paints drag etc. in a positive light, but you can sometimes forget that this is dangerous for the body positivity of young women. For example, the use of fishy in the drag community to describe a passing drag queen perpetuates the myth there is something inherently dirty about a woman's vagina. As a lesbian, I used to feel very awkward when straight women, who have clearly been brainwashed by the patriarchy, discuss them as somewhat ugly, off-smelling things. It took me a long time to admit this, but I bloody love vaginas, and I've never smelt one that smells fishy. Yes, Michelle, go for it. I'm sorry if this is a bit ranty. Not randy but you don't know who is listening. And please don't write us body positive lesbians out of the conversations. I have always found more body positivity in the lesbian community than among heterosexual women. I will keep listening. And I do apologize if any of this is addressed later on. Thank you, Michelle. Michelle, thank you so much. You know what, Michelle? All I have to say is we must do better and we will seek to do better. And why don't we we do a phone a friend? Come on, come and chat to me. Let's talk about body positivity in the lesbian community because absolutely right and the whole purpose of our topic of the week is that we open things up and then we broaden the discussion so let's do it next email we've had a lovely message from john mcgarvey from Donegal, ireland hi chris and alan how is all there very good thanks john my partner is researching irish plays and found one from 1975 called homo sapiens thought you might be interested i'm very interested in that must have a look at it thank you john and he sent us an up-to-date pic of his lovely dog molly who I would say is a golden retriever. And she is an absolute beauty. Look at her. Oh, thank you for that. I'm going to put that on the Instagram post so you get to see her. Um, Owen in Michigan has also been in touch. Uh, hello there. I'm Owen. He forward slash him in brackets. I'm a 21-year-old gay male in Michigan. I feel like my voice is breaking. I was very lucky that actually I didn't have that whole weird thing when my voice broke. where well, your voice goes like that. Um... As somebody who finds themselves attracted to older men, I have trouble finding representation of healthy age gap relationships. Since this is much more common in the queer community, I'm wondering if you would discuss that. Huge fan of the podcast. Ah, thank you so much, Owen. And Alan is my celebrity crush. Well, how could you not crush on a man like Alan, is all I have to say on the topic. Owen, thank you for that. Absolutely, let's do age gaps. Um, Let me grab my pen. Mm, what a lovely little soup son of emails that was. We love hearing from you. So please, for goodness sake, keep them coming. Hello at sapienspodcast.com or get in touch with us on Instagram at homosapiens. Give us a follow. Please also make sure you rate and subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. It makes such a difference. So if you can, open up your laptop now, head to Apple Podcasts, write a review, be honest be blunt, you might win a t-shirt. You never know. LGBTQ plus news now. From the i newspaper, big news, blood donation ban for LGBT plus men in the UK is to relax on 14th of June. Previously, queer, gay and bi men couldn't donate blood within the last year if they had been sexually active. Well, tell you what, while I'm in Adelaide, I'd be very able to donate blood These rules will now change on the 14th of June with a watershed overhaul of rules across NHS England, meaning men who have sex with men in a long-term relationship will now be able to donate blood at any time. I think donating blood is such an important thing and I'm so pleased that there is justice and equality that we can do it. Do I like needles? No. Donors will now be asked two new questions, more bloody questions, whether they have had a new sexual partner or multiple partners in the last three months. Well... How very dare you? I hope they are straight people this. Anyone who has had anal sex with a new partner or multiple partners in the last three months will not be able to give blood at that time, regardless of their gender or their partner's gender. The overhaul will mean more people from the LGBT plus community, such as some non-binary people can donate. When the rule change comes in, the UK will have one of the most progressive on blood donations f- for men who have sex with men in the world. Well, it's a step in the right direction, isn't it, everybody? Sorry, should is me taking a limb ship. Oh, the two pills stuck together and got jammed in my throat. Ooh, ah, you nearly lost me, listeners. Now then, on to topic of the week. As we're moving into Pride Month, you can't move for a bloody bank with a rainbow logo all over it. All these companies who do all this stuff, how are they actually for their LGBTQ plus employees? So I said, let's talk to you guys about it. Let's see where companies are delivering where they're not interestingly because i'm freelance i don't really have much current personal experience but i did used to work at mtv the music television station that was the first big company i ever worked for i don't think there was ever an lgbtq plus agenda there there was no mention of it really and all the people who were gay were out to each other um as far as i know and it was really nice actually but i don't know what the corporate sort of stance on it was when I was there because it was sort of pre I feel it was sort of pre that time when everyone actually did anything about people's rights but it was very very inclusive place I had no qualms about being gay there it always felt like you could be as unusual as you wanted and you would be loved and looked after some of the happiest days of my life working there it was an amazing place so we threw this question out to you guys First question was, have you experienced homophobia in the workplace? Well, 64% yes, 36% no. So it's a pretty staggering majority. I'm sorry to hear that. None of those instances should have happened. Have I ever experienced homophobia in the workplace? No. I think you get a lot of microaggressions. I've had lots of sort of sidebar-y comments. I think I've often had things about the way I behave Um, I think I behave in quite a feminine way and I've had sort of people not liking that and commenting on that, which I do personally think is, it is a sort of latent ingrained form of homophobia that it's just sort of ingrained in people and none of it's acceptable. We actually had a message from Emma about microaggressions among co-workers. Uh, So Emma says, I don't experience any discrimination from my employer, but there are a couple of co-workers who are homophobic and often say things like, look what he's wearing, he must be gay. And I'm not helping that customer, she's a bit, you know, interesting. Yeah, because there's sort of two things going on here, isn't there? It's like, there's the employer and their stance and their corporate stance, and that's agreed in meetings and in, in pamphlets. But then there's also just the attitudes of the people in the institution. Do you feel safe enough to challenge them? You know, all these kinds of things. Um carrying on the message I work as a part of a small team in a customer facing role so don't want to fall out with them but I want to know how I can respond to their comments politely and calmly interesting my co-workers don't know I'm lgbtq plus so none of it is directed at me but it still makes me really cross I tend to just walk away when negative comments are said but I want to stand up for my community I just don't know how any ideas thanks Emma well fascinating stuff Emma because that's a real conundrum this is your livelihood. This is how you earn money. This is how you put food on the table. It feels precarious to risk that or to feel like you would be excluded from this group who you're working with in a small team. It's a very tricky one that I don't know that I have the answer. What do you all think, listeners? What is the best way to address these kinds of things? You will have an HR department, Emma, who hopefully you can speak to privately about this and say, I've got this issue. What can I do? Because in my opinion, I think this is HR's hr's thing not yours um and as long as you can be in a, in your small team without them sort of finding out that you've grasped them up like this is the company you work for has a corporate responsibility to set the tone in the workplace and it's not your job to run the risk of exclusion by addressing it yourself but please everybody write in let, tell us what we think emma should do hello at homo sapiens podcast.com open up your email tap us an email tell us your thoughts Thomas got in touch. He said, I've experienced the good, the bad and the ugly being LGBT plus at work. I worked for a small company once and went on a stag do with some of them when I wasn't out. I was the butt of a lot of jokes. And one of the stag's friends said I wouldn't have a job if I was gay. That shouldn't have happened. Thomas should not have happened. A year later when on a business trip in Qatar with one of the directors we were in the hotel for a meal and a few drinks with the customer who again made me the butt of their jokes in a fairly homophobic way for trying to pass my Diet Coke as vodka Diet Coke as I'd already drunk enough. The director later at dinner outright asked if I'm gay. Suffice to say I had to lie as I was drunk in front of effectively strangers in a country where gay rights aren't greater fast forward 10 years i now work at a large company and i'm currently helping the lgbtq plus work group with preparations for pride month and i'm so grateful that i can be out at work oh that's lovely that is so lovely thomas that should not have happened to you what happened before i'm pleased there's a happy ending you are working for a lovely company and you're doing all the pride stuff that's brilliant (laughs) Then we asked you all on Instagram, how do you respond to homophobia in the workplace? Well, Ishko says, call it out personally if you feel comfortable and others will support you, or report it to HR. Professor Wagstaff says, try and educate. Enagram says, I immediately point out it's not okay. The Cat Planet says, call it out, call it right the fuck out. JS Wild Goose says, I used to roll my eyes or laugh it off, but now I call it out, but with passive-aggressive humour. <laughs> Herbie says, I challenge, particularly when it comes from people challenging your ability. Grant, interestingly, says, direct response, questioning the intent. Emma says, walk away from the person because I struggle to know how to reply politely. Yeah, there is no one answer, but I think the things you've got to check is make sure you're safe and don't feel you have to take on the burden of the company's responsibility for the culture onto yourself because you need to remain safe and it's the company's responsibility. (laughs) Second question we asked you is, does your employer offer support to its LGBTQ plus employees? 55% yes, 45% no. And then we asked you to elaborate. Blinks simply said, it doesn't. Danilo Magnus said, LGBTQ plus network in the company. Mm-hmm. Pronouns in email signatures. Love it. Mm-hmm. Boss corrects people who misgender me. Love that. EJ Happy Bunny said, so... Honestly, I am an HR manager and we don't do anything specific. I would love some tips. Oh, please write in some tips for how EJ Happy Bunny as an HR manager can get some good stuff going in their company. Sharon said, I feel like this is more complicated than just the company culture or non-discrimination policies. I know multiple queer people who take lower pay, fewer benefits, worse working hours, etc, because they want to work in a queer, friendly, non-profit or small business. I think offering an affirming culture instead of good pay and good benefits can actually be pretty exploitative. Edward has been in touch with some brilliant practices that all employers could be implementing based on what is being done in his home country of New Zealand. So Ed said, I'm excited by this topic as I'm about to start a new role communicating about diversity and inclusion to a large organization Wicked! Being included at work is important to me and helps others be their best self. It really does. It's for everybody. It's not just for individuals. And here are some of his brilliant recommendations.
2: Hi, Ed here. I thought I'd let you know about a certification called the Rainbow Tick. And we have that in New Zealand and organisations can apply for it and they need to pass certain criteria which prevents homophobia but also enables different kinds of diversity and inclusion. It even goes as far as to offer uh, leadership um, training around what they can and can't do or uh, what's appropriate. Um, it's just a this thing in New Zealand which has taken off and um, employers now use the rainbow tick to put on their about us page and they use it in recruitment as well. So if people are applying for an organisation which has a Rainbow Tech certification, they know that it's a safe place.
1: I love that. I think it's great. I love the kind of outside parity that it's decided by an outside set of criteria that companies have to ascribe to. It takes the weight off having to work out what your individual situation in your individual company is and you can you've got something you can point at and saying, I want this to match I want the culture here to match what you have as a tick on your company I think that's really interesting and something that absolutely we should be doing here another cool uh, thing
2: that organizations can do is to wear rainbow lanyards so if you need to swipe in and out of secure areas which you often do in an organization you have a uh, cool lanyard around your ID card you can actually buy rainbow ones which is a really cool way to show other people that you are um, either an ally or a queer person yourself it's just a great thing to walk around a a business and see all these rainbow lanyards around you feel very much at home
1: yes and actually what we're talking about here which i think is so important is allyship you know in an organization on the whole a lot of the time people who are queer lgbtq plus are going to be in the minority compared to the majority and we need allyship and something that enables people like this lanyard idea I'd lose mine within two seconds this lanyard idea enables people both queer and not queer to get involved and I think that is the nub of what's so important for me is that it's about everybody getting involved and not just being this weird kind of thing that meets once a week, once a month I think my husband heads up the uh, LGBT thing at his law firm I don't know what they do not been asked to speak Try not to take it personally Only have been doing this podcast four years now you know hey pick of the week did you see pick of the week in the times podcast pick of the week Whew. Yep. pretty pleased with that now third point from ed
2: another thing that people can do is um on their email signatures you can put your pronouns so i identify as he and him So I put at the end of my name in brackets, he slash him. And then I hyperlink it to a place which teaches people about pronouns and why it's important to use them and how that can make other people feel included.
1: Oh, I love that. Lots of people I know do that. I see that a lot on email, the pronoun thing. But I also really like the hyperlink to why it's important. And actually, we have just updated on the podcast bio where we've put our pronouns which is interesting because it's obviously me and Alan on the Instagram but it only lets you put one pronoun one pair of pronouns which I think is interesting I do go by he him but I also find I've always said I have a sense of dysphoria tiny dysphoria but I wonder if anyone else can relate about being him always found it odd when people called me him in a shop when I was younger I don't know what that is, so I don't know what I'd put as my pronouns, to be quite honest with you. Um, but him will do. That, that's what normally what my husband calls me, that, the cat's mother, maybe that's my pronoun. Um, I really like that idea, and I think it should be done more. I think quite big corporations appear to be doing it now, which is good. It just also just brings it into the conversation on a regular basis. <laughs>
0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: We also then went on to ask you listeners, what's the best profession to work in as a member of the LGBTQ plus community? And I'm not just talking about showbiz. I'm not just talking about theatre. John Dean, and off that hook too, said media. Insta Cameroon said arts and culture. Steve's been in touch about being LGBTQ+. and working in theatre and their theory about the straight guy upgrade.
3: Homo sapiens, honeys. Now, I've worked in theatre for years, surrounded by the LGBTQ plus community, so it's been marvellous. But what I want to talk about is a phenomena called the straight guy upgrade. On the odd occasion a straight guy is hired, the instant his feet touch the foyer, his hotness is doubled. So if you're four, you go to an eight. A guy that girls wouldn't look twice at in the club becomes a PNB, potential new boyfriend. And if he's got BDE, well, I'll say no more. And the gays instantly conduct a social media scavenge to check for any hint of queerness. Of course, it all ends in tears for
1: everyone. But there's more drama off stage than there is on stage, honey. (laughs) Steve, you are love and light. Thank you so much. I love it when you write in or send in your voice notes. Interesting. I sort of know what you mean about the kind of uh, when all the gays get together and there's a new person. I remember that happening when I was working at MTV. A new handsome person would arrive or attractive woman, and uh, everyone would sort of gather around trying to work out if they're gay or not. Lauren got in touch. Loiron? I don't know how you pronounce that. Loiron? got in touch about the positive experience he's had working in the finance sector bonjour les garçons thank you for being my constant friends in these troubled times Ah, laurent you do not worry about it we aim to please we aim to deliver i have been lucky to feel supported at work in financial services where esg standards are really raising the bar diversity and inclusion are now board topics lgbt rights those of tomorrow's leaders The only poor experience I've had was a colleague saying, I don't mind proudly when I talk about my private life when prompted. I showed a zero tolerance policy, helping him to realise his statement was not okay. Be firm, be kind. Ah, yeah, I love that. Be firm, be kind. What great little adage for us to go on. We've had a lot of you writing in about your experiences of being LGBTQ plus and working in the education sector, both good and bad. So Hazel... Did a voice note.
3: As a primary school teacher, I feel that representation is really important for those children who are at that age where they're starting to have feelings and might be wondering about themselves. Uh, in the past, I've been told not to flaunt my gayness in case it upsets the parents. We've also had parental complaints about learning about LGBT families and giving those opportunities for the children to learn about different relationships and families. Some of my friends have been told to hide their queer selves and been told to lie if the children ask them if they have a partner whereas other schools are totally open they let their staff tell the children what they want and what they choose it really just depends on what kind of school you get and the management
1: well i am so shocked to hear that about being asked not to tell anyone you know about your relationship status and you know I wish I could think of something more nuanced to say other than fuck them. That's absolutely so shocking and should not be happening. Um, And uh, very sorry to hear that, Hazel. I am so grateful for you writing in and telling us that. Writing in, sending in your voice note. Um, And I'm pleased that there are actually places where they are embracing it. And I want to know more about that. One of the things that I remember so clearly when I was at school, which was a long time ago, listeners, because... While I may look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed like a young 21-year-old, in fact, I'm the grand old age of 38. Or actually, I will be 39 tomorrow, because this is going out on May the 27th, right? My birthday is May the 28th. Don't have to send all your presents to the Watson Hotel Adelaide. You don't have to do that, honestly. But uh, my school, yeah, it was totally covert whether people were gay, but this was... This was the times of Section 28 where you weren't allowed to teach about homosexuality. John also worked in the education sector and talks about the overall positive experience he's had.
3: Um, I work in the education sector and I've never experienced any homophobia towards myself and I've never known a colleague um, who has experienced any form of biphobia, transphobia, homophobia at all. Generally, councils, head teachers are incredibly inclusive and work really hard to make sure that all members of staff are catered for, included and celebrated in a diverse uh, working environment. However, this becomes very difficult uh, when it comes to the children we teach and often the parents. I remember you did an episode, I think it was in season one, on Anderson Park School in Birmingham. And that is the kind of stuff we're up against. Um, but I would 100% advocate for someone to go into the education sector looking for inclusivity. Uh, in a wonderful, diverse world.
1: Thank you so much, John. And I'm really pleased to hear that because it feels like a lot of progress has been made over the past, you know, recent years. What a really encouraging thing to hear. What it, what it sounds like is it needs, perhaps it needs some more consistency, uh, you know, in relation to what Hazel was saying. S. J. O. O. Shenor says, one thing I've found is that in grocery, I think it is easier to be a butch or masculine AFAB person. Now, AFAB means assigned female at birth. In grocery. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder why that is. Scott Farmer says we're pharmacists. We're very approachable and caring. Hmm. I always find pharmacists very approachable. i we heading to see one of them after this. Find out where my voice has gone. Daniel from Rotterdam has been in touch about working in museum marketing. i cultural got your field in the Netherlands in itself as at least from the time I started in 1987 being very easy for an LGBTQ plus person to work in. At the Jewish Historical Museum in Amsterdam, I was always able to be myself and express my gayness. I even got a chance to organize LGBTQ plus events as part of the museum's
0: program. But I do know the way and I speak the professional language and know the requirements, so I fit in. That's not the case for a person that does not fit the normative profile, like trans persons or people of colour. We still have a long way to go, but it's our obligation. We need to make an effort
1: together. Here, here, We need to make an effort together. We need to be raising everybody up. Whoever comes from any kind of minority, we need to make sure we're making space to include them, shower them with love, and make it equal for everybody good companies to work for we asked you um who are some good companies with good lgbtq plus agendas now shardian said american express have got a great lgbtq plus policy raymond sarah said google i actually did some work for google i don't know what their queer agenda was like when i was there but fucking hell they gave you free lunch i mean that alone is uh pretty good. No, no, you get free breakfast, lunch and dinner when you're there. I absolutely loved it. There's always like stations with like chocolate and stuff everywhere. So I'm pleased to hear that their LGBTQ plus agenda is also good. Anderson Lima said, Apple are good to work for. Well, I should hope so. He's gay, isn't he? The guy who runs Apple. Um, Annam and Scott both said, the NHS, the beautiful institution that the NHS is, I'm thrilled to hear that it also has a good queer agenda. Agenda is the wrong word. Qantas, interesting. National Trust, they're trying to be supportive despite the bad worded question on the application form. I'd like to know more about that. Laura Sanders says DWF, a lot of UK law firms actually make the Stonewall best employers list. Interesting to know. Danilo has been in touch about his experiences working at the National Trust. Hi, I'm Danilo, he him. I work for the National Trust and they seem to be doing what they can to support the LGBTQ plus employees through things such as an LGBTQ plus network within the company, which sends out a monthly newsletter and has a public steering group. So you know where to go if you have an issue or query. Love it. I've worked at multiple locations with the Trust and never had any problems related to my gender or sexuality, despite being a non-passing queer trans man. Just some confusion. I have been asked to confirm my pronouns and then had them respected. And the only issues that come up is with volunteers who tend to be older and less informed. Yes, generational thing, I see. My boss specifically tries to support me wherever she can with this, including correcting people on my pronouns when I'm not around. Love that, love to hear that. I would say the main issue the National Trust has with queer people is similar to most historic properties or museums that doesn't acknowledge the queerness of the historic figures they're educating people about. Mm, yes, interesting. This is an issue across the heritage sector. It is not really an issue related to employment, but it is important for me to acknowledge at work as it is too easy for cis people to ignore and forget. Couldn't agree more. I've got such a lovely message here for us to end on. And there is so much more to be discussed about this. And I cannot thank you enough for all your messages. Um, A beautiful story about acceptance and support for a member of the trans community in work. And it's from Mia. I'm going to read it to you now. Before Covid I was teaching in a preschool that was connected to a church. I am a trans man but none of my legal stuff has been changed so the preschool was unaware. Since graduating high school in 1996 I've spent my adult life being out and out lesbian at work and a male elsewhere. The church I worked for was very supportive of my being a lesbian but in the year before Covid i had enough of the emotional turmoil that came with being seen as female and told my school director that I would begin binding and packing at work. I felt it best to tell her in case a child sat in my lap. She kept that in confidence, but when some of my co-workers noticed the bulge, they began to verbally harass me, openly degrading me in our school instant message system on the day before the school closed for COVID. Mia, I'm really sorry to hear that. Should not have happened. The minister and director saw the messages and had a chat with me over video call once we had all gone home and said they would like to talk to the people about it when we returned. Well, we never did go back, and these people who should have been automatically fired per the school's harassment policy were allowed to stay at home and take paychecks while the school waited to reopen. In the end, the school ran out of funds and everyone lost their job. I'm so sorry to hear that. Fast forward to October and I've just gotten a new job as a third grade teacher assistant in our local public school district, State Primary School, year four for our listeners overseas. I decided to go with saying I was a lesbian while I was interviewing, but realised that I would never feel myself if I kept up that facade. So during the process of being certified and having my background checked, I came out to the assistant principal and explained that I identified mostly as male, used he or they pronouns, anything but female, and was willing to just be lesbian if that made people more comfortable, since I had been doing it all of my adult life. I was told I would absolutely not be seen as lesbian. I would be male, the children and parents would be told, the proper pronouns and name and that if I had any trouble to come to them and and it would be dealt with. When I started teaching online my legal name was being used for login, email and video display but then a parent found out. She and the teacher I was assigned to went out and told whoever would listen that this policy of using the legal name for logging in and display for the children should be changed. It was. Oh, that's so lovely. My co-workers and students stand up for me when I am misgendered even before I can get the words out myself what a change a year makes that is so lovely to hear and you've got the support that you absolutely deserve and always should have had and i'm so thrilled to hear that tell us more about that and that is a real beacon of hope for anyone listening who's thinking about trying to go through what you've been through in work that's absolutely right it's as it should be i'm over the moon What a beautiful discussion this has been, everybody. Thank you so much for so much insight in what it's like really being LGBTQ plus at work. Please keep all of your um, messages coming about it. Let's continue the discussion. This week, we are bringing back the community shout out, something that we do occasionally. And I want to talk about the You Are Not Alone and Ask for Annie campaign. One in four LGBT plus people experience some sort of domestic abuse during their lifetime and LGBT plus people are twice as likely to be abused by a family member. Hashtag you Are Not Alone is a UK government public awareness campaign which launched in April 2020 in response to the surge in calls to domestic abuse helplines during the pandemic. Ask for Annie is a domestic abuse code word that stands for action needed immediately. Retailers will have posters up in store if they're taking part in this scheme so you can be sure that you can use the code word and get help in a discreet way. Participating retailers include Boots, Superdrug and other independent pharmacies. Once you've given the code word, a staff member will take you to a private area in the store and will help you get the support you need. This will include calling 999 for immediate police support or referring you to national or local support service rather than the police. A phone will be provided. You can use the code word if you have children with you or even if you're with your abuser. Domestic abuse is not acceptable in any situation, whatever form it takes. And if you're experiencing domestic abuse and feel frightened of or controlled by a partner or family member, it's important to remember that it's not your fault. Absolutely not your fault. There's no shame in seeking help whatsoever. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic abuse, you can access help and support at gov.uk forward slash domestic abuse. Hashtag you are not alone. And after that community shout out, as they say, let's have a look at Culture Club, because I've been asking you what you've been cooking, what you've been reading, what you've been watching. Uh, I haven't got any answers on what you've been reading. Should I tell you why? Because someone messaged us saying that the box didn't work, so they couldn't fill it in. So apologies about that. But I've been reading a book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself, by none other than Nedra Glover Tawab who was on the podcast our phone a friend a few weeks ago do you remember she came on and she's written and she we spoke about her book about setting boundaries and I have been zipping my way through it it's just brilliant basically about how you can communicate to people things you do and don't want to do because we all spend our life sorry can you hear that it sounds like a parrot's being murdered outside the room alright guys leave it out I live next to a big tree. Oh, my God, it's so colourful. Let's have a look. Ah, opening the door. The Most colourful bird I've ever seen. Greens and reds. Blues. Noisy bugger. Anyway, we spend our lives saying, to,
3: yeah, I'd love to do
1: that to people. When you don't. And actually, you end up going through your life exhausted. So, part of her thing is about how to politely communicate what you do and don't want to do but it's more than that and i think it i think it's really specific to lgbtq plus people because as discussed many a time and it is universal but i also think that it's about people pleasing and i think that we are all uh programmed to be people pleasers because we feel like outsiders and that means that you say yes to things you don't want to this is my take anyway i am halfway through i'm absolutely loving it (laughs) I have got lots of information about what you've been cooking. Darling Darling has been doing everything from bakedharvest.com. Ooh, have a look at that. Instacameron has been doing instant pot roast beef. Don't know what that is. The unofficial McDonald's been doing mac and cheese. Yum. Burritos with homemade bean paste. Yum. That's us masseuse. Bianca Martin has been doing dairy-free ice cream. My recipe still needs work on it as it was way too icy last time. Bianca, you need to send us your dairy-free ice cream recipe. I'd love to know what it is. Tara Palmer, now she got in touch telling us her lemon drizzle cake recipe as requested I've tried many different recipes she said and this is definitely my top one and all loved by my girlfriend and all her fam and my work colleagues whenever I'd make it. I also work at Tesco's and get a bunch of lemons super cheap so it's a regular baking option for me hello, okay good I'll put the link in the show notes to her lemon drizzle cake recipe but for those who want to simply google it it's bbcgoodfood.com And then it's the lemon drizzle cake on there. If you search BBC Good Food, lemon drizzle cake, it'll come up. I've made that one myself. It's a absolute winner. And it's so quick. People don't seem to know. Well, maybe it was just me. Don't seem to know. Didn't seem to know how quick baking is. It takes like five minutes to make a cake. And the level of joy that you get when you give someone a cake is unparalleled. (coughs) Telly-wise, telly telly and film-wise, loads of you have been watching Holston on Netflix I'm just going to flag that I've been getting mixed responses. Some people I've been working with here love it. Some people, not so much. The Cat Planet loves Holston, Flipping fantastic, they say. Um, Drag Race is still going down a storm. Special on Netflix, Ryan O'Connell. Love Ryan O'Connell. Such a wonderful TV show that that shows both LGBT and disabilities. Has that heard before life? We're going to be talking to Ryan O'Connell. Top secret information. That's very exciting news coming up. Um, there's this film called Another Round that everyone keeps talking to me about that's what I'm going to watch Another Round is a 2020 comedy drama film directed by Thomas Vinterberg from a screenplay about four high school teachers consume alcohol on a daily basis to see how it affects their social and professional lives someone's made a film about my 20s Um, and then The Father someone was telling me about The Father starring Anthony Hopkins with Olivia Coleman and Imogen Poots it sounds Utterly incredible. It's about dementia from the perspective of the person dealing with the I think it's dementia or maybe it's just old age, but it's Olivia Coleman being incredible and little moments in it like uh one point Olivia Coleman will look completely different to what she looked like when she last walked into the room and stuff because it's from the perspective of the person who's getting older. So um I'm really interested to see that. <laughs> Music wise Fionni Fung is listening to Monty Python's Lumberjack Song. Jay Hibbs is listening to It's a Sin by Elton John. Google the performance that he did with Ollie Years and Years at the Brits. It was incredible. Collins listening to Passionate by the Backstreet Boys. Well, I'm pleased to hear that. I've been listening to all sorts of Tony Braxton this week. Um, You're Making Me High, all the hits. And then I was listening to Christina Milian. Just had a whole 90s R&B, noughties R&B zip back it's um quite something that wraps it up for this week it's been an absolutely wonderful wonderful experience to hear all of your thoughts about working in employment as a member of the lgbtq plus community thank you so much for writing in and telling us your stories I am really warmed to hear the good ones and saddened to hear the not so good ones. And please keep your stories coming in. Let's work out how we can make it better. Let's talk about progress. And please keep sending your stories. Now, next week, we have two interview episodes back to back for you lovely people. Why, Chris? Why? Well, because I'm going to be flying. I'm going to be flying. So I'm not going to be able to speak to you all. So firstly, we've got the amazing Ryan O'Connell from the hilarious Netflix show special. That's why I was whispering earlier, because we're going to talk to him about season two. Um, Love Ryan O'Connell, have been a fan for a long time. So that's exciting. Then after that, the unstoppable Beth Ditto who probably have come to your attention as being in the band The Gossip. She is a hoot and then some. We have such a laugh chatting to her. Beth can just talk ten to the dozen. She'll talk to anyone. She's f- so lovely, charming, wonderful, and a complete absolute icon of the LGBTQ plus community and a fashion icon and a you know, compassion and love icon and is so humble. I cannot wait for you to hear that chat. But in the meantime, before all of that, after all of that, during all of that, I want to hear from you people. Get in touch. Hello at sapienspodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at sapiens. And if you would do us the honour, rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Write us a review. You could win a t-shirt. Don't forget, I'll be picking a new winner soon. Thank you all for listening. Loads of love. And we talk... Next time. Bye now.
2: Powered by Spirit Studios.